you know, Trump, Trump got in there saying, I'm going to get rid of the swamp. He asked me to be on a vaccine safety commission. When that news got out, Pfizer gave him a million dollars for the inauguration. And then for his inaugural party. And then he appointed two of Pfizer's lobbyists, Scott Gottlieb and Alex Azar, to run HHS. And they killed the Vaccine Safety Commission. And then Gottlieb went to serve on Pfizer's board. That is the swamp. The vaccine schedule began exploding in 1989. And you'll see autism four and a half years after the vaccine. Oh, by 1995, we started seeing an explosion in autism and we went, you know, we've gone now from autism being one in 10,000 Americans to one in every 34 children. So crazy. It began exploding in 95 and the CDC itself said this could be the vaccines. These women, the mothers are reporting it's the vaccines. Other people are reporting doctors, etc. We're seeing it all over. Let's look. Well, hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls, and this is an interesting development. Now, finally, a Democrat running for office. I can throw my fucking hat behind a little bit here. I just, I, I have certain concerns about this. Now, I do, now, my concerns are not with the individual themselves or their policies. So certain other extenuating circumstances that make me not able to throw my hat immediately behind this candidate. But I do love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Bobby Kennedy Jr., this man is phenomenal. Now, I've had the extreme pleasure of being at a few events where this man has been the, the, the headline speaker. Most recently, at the Defeat the Mandate uh, out in Washington, D.C. If you want, I'll leave a link to these in the description below right here. Defeat the Mandate, an American homecoming. The full, well, this is the interviews only. And right here is the full almost six-hour day with all the speakers and everyone there, including um, Dr. Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, so on and so forth. So if you have any interest, I'll leave those in the description below. If I can, I'll throw in just the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speaking parts at the end of this episode. Now, again, I'm a huge fan of this guy. And I don't have really have any issue with the Kennedys. I think they're pretty... Uh, pretty awesome individuals for i mean for example the federal government said you're not allowed to drink alcohol or smoke pot and what was the kennedy family response we're gonna bootleg alcohol and sell weed and make millions on it then become politicians and then just absolutely strong on the government you know unfortunately um you know jfk got a little uh, ahead of himself and then uh, Bobby Kennedy's old man, you know, he, uh, well, he didn't really get ahead in life either, did he? Oh, well, that being said, let's get into this article. And then we have, uh, well, a major mainstream media outlet has been formally accused of election interference. And that'll be the next article we get into. So let's get into this. I'll go a little bit more into my reservations about this. But again, I love this man. I love his charity work. I love what he's done with exposing vaccine companies, constantly speaking out against the COVID vaccine, holding everybody accountable that he can. The work he's done with Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton, uh, Children's Health Alliance. And then he also, his uh, one of his uh, companies donated just pallets full 
of the real Anthony Fauci books to the People's Convoy out there in Washington, D.C., the Freedom Convoy that was going on. And I was with that as well. And they went to Washington, D.C., to Anthony Fauci's neighborhood, and went door-to-door handing out copies of the real Anthony Fauci to Fauci's fucking neighbors. Yes, folks, that's what the people at the Freedom Convoy did. Not the organizers, the people who are participating in their own volition. So just, good guy. Let's get into this article from New York Post. RFK Jr. will challenge Biden for 2024 Democratic presidential nomination by Victoria Nava. Now, if the Democrat Party wants to save face, this is absolutely the candidate they should throw their hat behind, 1,000%. And this guy very easily could be a bellwether because this man on the surface is everything the democrat party should aim to be this is the perfect democrat candidate this is who they should have ran multiple times well he should have ran earlier but the parkinson's disease kind of holds everything up by victor nava this article is and this is from april 5th 2023 and it was recently updated Prominent anti-vaccine activist and environmentalist Robert F. Kennedy Jr. filed paperwork with the Federal Elections Committee, FEC, on Wednesday to officially launch his 2024 presidential campaign. Kennedy Jr. filed to challenge President Biden next year as a Democrat, joining self-help guru uh, Marianne Williamson. Now, dead in the water candidate there, but... I'm curious to see what she does. People were speculating that she was going to run Green Party, but I'm like, nah, the Green Party runs anybody. It's always going to be Jill Stein. And female Bernie Sanders, even with a pair of wilty tits, will not make it. I mean, in an election sense exclusively. Now, filed to run Soho Guru as the other declared major candidate in the party. Uh, in the party in the White House race. The 69-year-old is the son of former U.S. Attorney General, Senator, and 1968 presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, you know what? I'll say it right now. I trust this man in office, but not behind the wheels of an automobile. My gun has killed less people than this man's father's driving. <clears throat> Robert F. Kennedy Jr., or Robert F. Kennedy who was shot and killed by Sirhan Sirhan on the campaign trail. Uh, I like to add asset to the CIA and a former Mossad agent, but moving on. He is also the nephew of former President John F. Kennedy, who was also assassinated while in office. I wonder by who. Over the years, Kennedy Jr. has emerged as one of the leading opponents of vaccines. His anti-vaccine efforts only intensified after COVID-19 pandemic and the development of vaccines that offer protection against the virus. What a dubious and easily debunkable claim. All right, so I wanted to address that little dubious claim. So this is something I've been covering for a long time since the very beginning of the pandemic on this show. I'll leave links to some of the episodes, but let's pull some of the articles from that episode, from these different episodes. AP reports that vaccinated people carry just as much COVID as non-vaccinated people, and out of a group of 900 subjects sick with the Wu flu, 75% were fully vaccinated, but 80% of that 75% experienced symptoms 
as much as those who aren't. The AP is doing real journalism for a fucking change, and you love to goddamn see it. Now let's hop over to a different episode of mine. New Harvard-backed study by the NIH said vaccines made no difference in the spread of COVID while pointing out that places with the most vaccinated people are hot spots for new COVID hospitalizations and deaths. The new COVID pill delivered and paid for uh, already by American taxpayers uh, will <coughs> be sold to Americans 40 times its cost despite having been paid for by the Americans and sold cheaper around the world. John Campbell, veteran doctor and CNN medical guest, has damning report for vaccines amid administration. Uh, vaccine being administered wrong and hopping over here to Timcast scientists find smoking gun linking AstraZeneca vaccine to various fucking side effects so you have to ask yourself what the fuck do you mean this vaccine is protected and when you label someone as anti-vaxxer why don't you maybe show the very easily accessible evidence because of a fucking simpleton high school dropout pothead like me who also managed to get in the college at a you know decent age can figure this out why the fuck can't the new york post and hopping over here vaccines care vaccinated people carry just as much covid as non-vaccinated on google vanilla search nothing special Right here from the University of California, Davis. There was no significant difference in viral load between vaccinated and unvaccinated or between asymptomatic and symptomatic groups. Vaccines have shown to be highly effective in preventing severe disease hospitalizations and death from COVID-19. And even the last half of that Google result is very easily debunked. So, folks, beware the claims you're going to see around Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy for president because, oh boy, are the vaccines going to become rushing right back into mainstream media super duper fucking quickly. And there are going to be some conversations brought to the front stage that a lot of pharmaceutical companies really do not want to have. And this man is actually a threat. Now, we'll see if the government still believes in public assassinations or not. Do you think uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to find himself in prison and suddenly suicidal out of nowhere? I'm saying it right now. Robert F. Kennedy did not kill himself. Neither did his son. Anyway... His anti-vaccine efforts. Fuck off, by the way. So over the years, Kennedy Jr. has emerged as one of the leading opponents of the vaccines. His anti-vaccine efforts only intensified after the COVID-19 pandemic and the development of vaccines that offer protection against the virus. Which is interesting because, again, as we've just ran through, the vaccine was literally shown to stop nothing. People who are vaccinated are just as much carriers of COVID as the non-vaccinated counterpart. And I hate to break it to you, Moderna, Pfizer, and all these guys are throwing away millions of doses every few months of this vaccine because nobody fucking wants it anymore. And despite all the propaganda, I hate to tell it to you, uh, the unvaccinated seem to be doing just fucking fine, and not a single one of them seems to not regret taking it. So I hate to break it to you, Pink elephant in the room says, go fuck yourself. Children's Health Defense 
an anti-vaccine charity run by Kennedy Jr. more than doubled its revenues in 2020 to 6.8 million, according to the AP. In February 2021, Instagram booted RFK Jr. off its website for spreading false information about the COVID-19 vaccine to his more than 800,000 followers. He deserves way more followers than that. He had linked the deaths of Major League Baseball player Hank Aaron to the COVID-19 vaccine. Last year, Kennedy Jr. found himself under even more fire after he held attendees at an anti-vaccine rally in the National Mall in Washington, D.C. And your boy was there on the grounds recording. And mind you, D.C. had snipers drawn on an unarmed crowd. Little laser scopes and everything on top of different national buildings with the barrels of their rifles pointed squarely at the various heads of the attendees of this anti-mandate rally. A rally protesting against the government's unconstitutional vaccine mandate. So let me ask you, what the fuck are they so afraid of? It's a bunch of old fogies, journalists, and various other people showing up to hear a series of speakers talk. Just think about that. That kind of crowd tells the federal government to send armed snipers out on the roof of these buildings to gun down and point their barrels with their weapons at taxpayer citizens, at tax-paying citizens of this country. Meanwhile, whenever there's a mass shooting, a massacre, murders, riots, whatever, so forth, we always find out that the people who participated in these tragedies were on the radar of these various alphabet three-letter agencies. So, it's good to know their priorities are in the, you know, best places. That it was easier for Anne Frank to hide from Nazis than it was for Americans to escape the vaccine mandates. Well, yeah. I mean, they already couldn't work in Germany, so it's a joke. I'm I'm not uh, exactly downplaying any of it other than... uh, Man, how many? How 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 uh, how long do I have to sit here? Um, for the people out there who are like, oh well, you know, Hitler bad. Oh, you know, Nazis. Oh, you know, Donald Trump is Nazi. These very people were acting like the very thing they pretend to hate, going door to door, threatening to send police to kick in front doors, knock on doors, distributing vaccines door to door. And by the way. Keep in mind, the very people who are going to talk to you like you're a fucking idiot because you didn't get vaccinated were comfortable pulling into random-ass Walmarts, sticking their arms out their car door windows, and letting God even knows that this person is qualified or trained inject mystery fluid into their arm in the same kind of setup as the Safe Light Repair guys in the summer with their free windshield repair tents. These people have the nerve to belittle and mock you when they were pulling this kind of gullible shit earlier. And furthermore, no jab, no job. Remember that? That was the whole mantra of a goofy fucking cult that was telling you that you were lesser because you weren't complying with the jackboot authorities in Washington, D.C. and the unelected establishment. Whew. Yeah. I'd say the comparison's kind of apt. Especially when you consider a lot of the side effects of this vaccine 
I don't know. Do you did you really dodge severe uh, like benefits? Did you did, did you did you dodge death? For example, Justin Bieber is canceling all of his fucking tours for the foreseeable future because his face don't work right. I mean, I hate to break it to you. You can uh, put all the quotations around what he says as much as you want, but there was nowhere to run for the longest time. Now, luckily the Supreme Court, and this is, by the way, the people in the comments who want to leave various uh, racist jokes about black politicians, fair, a lot of the jokes are funny, but remember, if it wasn't for one specific black Supreme Court justice, you would be vaccinated and or you would be homeless right now. And, uh, again, a counterpunch to the left here who's like, the, the right hates Katanji Brown-Jackson because she's a black woman. Bro, don't you realize the average conservative would be happy with a bench of nothing besides Clarence Thomas and seven clones of Clarence Thomas? That would be, like, the ideal Supreme Court makeup. Just a bunch of Clarence Thomas clones. And I'm aware of the current headlines bouncing around the media. I have to look more into it. I don't really know. But I'm, I am I just, I don't know. I'm amused. I'm very amused. The people who always want to do the, uh, but you're a, a fascist, but uh, you're a Nazi. But, 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 but. We're literally acting like the very people they pretend to hate. Like they're not them. You know what I mean? Goofy. Hey, we're totally not Nazi. Let's send uh, over $100 billion to Ukraine. Totally not a Nazi fighting force over the Azov battalion. Fuck right on off. <coughs> Quote, even in Hitler's Germany, you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did, he said during his speech. Yeah, and even more, we didn't have smartphones, you know? People didn't have smartphones back then. Meanwhile, right now, with the Patriot Act 2.0 going out there, you know, the Restrictions Act, the federal government can track you everywhere. Remember uh, vaccine passports and digital ID systems? All parts of... Ah, fuck. All parts of different ESG credit systems... Sorry, I wiggled my toes wrong and it just hurt like a bitch. But oh well. They, you know, they're going to act like, like that's a ludicrous, ludicrous, ludicrous claim to make when no. Everyone has a tracking device in their pocket right now. And Frank and them didn't have that. Like there is no escape today because of technology. Because of security cameras on every street. If the government wants to find you, they will find you. They will track you down. And there is no avoiding that. So again, scoff if you wish, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is absolutely on the goddamn money right now with that claim. Quote, today, the mechanisms are being put in place to make it so none of us can run and none of us can hide, he added. During the same rally, he also spread conspiracy theories about 5G and digital currencies. Quote, they're putting 5G to, they're putting in 5G to harvest our data and control our behavior. Digital currency that will allow them to punish us from a distance and cut off our food supply, he argued. See, these are the very conversations he's going to bring to the forefront that people are just not ready to talk about. And he's going to make them hear the arguments. He's going to make them hear the conversations. And this is one of the many reasons why I'm super duper excited and I fully back him right for president. Even with all that. There's a reason why he doesn't have my vote. And we'll get into that at the end of this, up, our, end of this article. Pardon me, I need to get a drink. My, my throat's getting quite parched. Ooh. The Kennedy family 
uh, Scion revealed last month that he was considering a White House run. Quote, If it looks like I can if I can raise the money and mobilize enough people to win, I'll jump in the race, he wrote in a tweet, quote, If I run, my top priority will be to end the corrupt merger between the state and corporate power that has ruined our economy, shattered the middle class, polluted our landscapes and our waters, poisoned our children, and robbed us of our values and freedoms. Together, we can restore America's democracy. Biden, 80, has yet to announce that he will seek re-election in 2024, the post with post wires. So again, as I said before, like I am fully behind this man running for office, but he does have Parkinson's. He is not a very confident speaker. We were looking down the barrel of World War III right now. I need a president who demands respect. And as much as Robert F. Kennedy's brain is there, he's intact, what he fights for are good causes, and he was there with Ron Paul in the early years as well. He just does not project strength. And we have enough problems right now with a president who already has a series of health issues. I love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I love the causes he fights for and the hills he's willing to die on. I love the stances he's taken over the years. And again, I've met him. Well, not met him directly, but I've had the brief opportunity to exchange a few words and a handshake with him and go to a couple events where he's spoken. He is a phenomenal speaker. It's just, he has Parkinson's and you can hear it in every syllable of every word he says. And that is my only gripe with him, but he is so good for the left to run. Because he could maybe reset a few people's uh, chips. Because he's going to come out and say a lot of stuff that a lot of these people on the left, even the most progressive amongst them, are going to agree with. And that might make a couple of people start tuning in. He could really be a Ron Paul for the left right now. And I really hope he can at least achieve that. Might not see I don't think he'll ever see the Oval Office in his time. But he definitely belongs somewhere in the vicinity of that. So let's scroll on down here to the comments. Uh, the Anointed Soul. I was at the march against the mandates rally in DC base, and it was nothing like what the post says here. I wasn't anti-vaxxer either. I was pro-professional personal freedoms and rights. Uh, Ralph Son of Macchio. Ralph Son, Son of Macchio. I respect the reference. I hope he gets it, but with the vo- with that voice and the whole de- uh, Democrat media complex against him, no way. I think if most Americans had a ripcord out of this death plunge we're, uh, we're in, we'd pull it. How many people actually benefit by their party affiliation? Unfortunately, the system eats third-party candidates. Unfortunately, he's absolutely right. And Noel Field, he's probably not going to get it, get the nomination, but he could force the discussion of uncomfortable topics. That is exactly what I'm saying. And that is most likely the point of his run. And you know what? He will be a bellwether. Because a candidate like him should be exactly what the left wants right now. And if they choose to attack him and belittle and besmirch him, it's going to show the old what's left of the non-shit lib left that's willing to maybe throw their hat behind a Democrat candidate how bad things is, things are. And 
if things are go really bad and they try to eat Robert F. Kennedy Jr. alive, which they're going to do inevitably, he's going to see how bad things have actually gotten. And you might gain on the right. If the right plays this right, you could gain one of the most powerful allies you could ever hope to have. That is the bulk of this episode right here with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And you know what? I'm going to save the next article about a major media outlet being accused of election fraud or election interference for the last recording for this episode because it ties into major fundraising on Trump's behalf right now. So that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been here, James Madison. Let me know below what you think about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president. I'm, bef- I'm, I'm all behind it. I don't think he'll ever get it, but he will be a great litmus test for the left right now. That being said, I've been here, James Madison, and I'll catch y'all later. Deuce. Chairman of the Board and Chief Legal Counsel for Children's Health Defense. The founder of the Water People Alliance and is a counsel to Morgan and Morgan, a nationwide personal injury practice. It is an absolute honor to welcome Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to the stage. and for our children and for the United States Constitution. I, I want to I start with a salute to the doctors, the medical doctors, the healers, the courageous doctors of conscience who stood up with me here today and who preceded me onto this podium. We, one of the most disconcerting, alarming features of this pandemic response has been this war against doctors of conscience. We know their names, Pierre Corey, Peter McCulloch, Paul Merrick, Paul Alexander, Ryan Cole, Tess Flory, and so many others whose lives and livelihoods are being destroyed because they are trying to do their jobs and protect our children. Now, the other really disconcerting part of this pandemic response has been what I call the information chaos. The use, the orchestrated confusion and fear by manipulating PCR tests and over-amplifying them, by changing the metrics on how death certificates are calculated, the complete absence of any good information on case fatality rates or infection fatality rates or all the things that our public health agencies ought to be telling us so that we can individually with our physicians evaluate the risk and treatment and prophylactic protocols. We weren't given any of that information. The information that we were given was badly, badly manipulated.
10. So now we're left saying, what really happened? We weren't told, for example, that there was a age stratified risk. And people who are over 70 are a thousand times more at risk from COVID and those under 70 and that children have a statistically zero risk. We were manipulated and the press was manipulated and telling us all that every American faced the same threat as elderly people. And that meant that we could not have a rational response that protected the vulnerable and protected people in our livelihoods, our culture, our political freedoms, our constitutional rights and our values, which are all ultimately public health issues. Now, the one data point that in all of this confusion, the fog of war that they created and orchestrated to sow confusion, to sow fear, to make us compliant. The one data point that everybody should know and that we have to regard as reliable because it's the data point that Pfizer gave in its submission to FDA to get its license. We know a lot about the Pfizer vaccine, more than any of the other vaccines, because the Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine is the only vaccine that has a license. And until they get that license, they do not have to produce their data. So the only data we really have that's reliable is the Pfizer data. And by the way, there's a half a million pages of granular data, which Pfizer and FDA have refused to produce. Because they say it's too burdensome. These are the data that they reviewed for 108 days, but they say they can't show it to us for 55 years. They promised they were going to have, because they were rushing the process, they were going to have complete transparency. Uh, what they meant is they're going to have complete transparency in 55 years. But we want it now. Oh. So I'm just going to briefly tell you to review for you the one important thing that you should know from Pfizer's own data, which is the section of the submission to FDA where they talk about all-cause mortality. And what they say in that data, which Steve Kirsch, you can go to his blog and you can see a really good explanation of it, but here's what it says, it's very simple. Of it, over the six-month period of the study, they, they ended the study in six months. They told us it was going to go for five years. They ended it in six months. They unblinded it. And they gave the vaccine to the placebo group. So we will never know 
the long-term impacts of this vaccine. And here's what they said happened in those six months. Of the 22,000 people in the vaccine group, 17 of them, or 21 of them died over the six-month period. Of the 22,000 people in the placebo group, only 17 died. What that means, if you extrapolate it and consider it reliable, which Pfizer says it is a reliable predictor of the performance of this vaccine, what that means, and this conclusion is inescapable, that if you take the vaccine, you have a 21% increased chance of dying over the next six months. Now, what happened was in the vaccine group, one person died of COVID of the 22,000. In the placebo group, two people died from COVID. That allowed Pfizer to tell the FDA and the American people that this vaccine is 100% effective because two is 100% greater than one. And that is a metric called relative risk. It is a deceit. The important thing for people to understand is absolute risk. And here's what absolute risk tells us. They have to give 22,000 vaccines to protect one person from death from COVID. And if you're gonna give 22,000 vaccines to prevent one death, you better make sure the vaccine doesn't kill anybody. Because if it kills one person, you have canceled out all the benefits. But as we saw, 21 people died in the vaccine group and only 17 in the placebo group. So where did those excess deaths come from? The answer to that question is heart attacks. In the vaccine group, there were five fatal heart attacks in the six month period among those 22,000 people. In the placebo group, there was one fatal heart attack to the 22,000 people. So what that means is if you take the vaccine, you're 500% more likely to die of a heart attack over the next six months than if you don't. And it also means that every life they're saving by averting the COVID death, they are killing four excess people with heart attacks. Now, the vaccine now is in the marketplace. And what we've seen is the data points that we are seeing confirm the fact that people are dying of heart attacks. As Steve said, there's been a million injuries recorded in VAERS. There have been 20,000 deaths, more deaths than all vaccines combined for the last 36 years. So, what is CDC's answer and Tony Fauci's answer to that?
is they say, and this is what the press, like a bunch of stenographers and automatons, will repeat again and again, is, well, the VAIR system doesn't work. Well, it's their system. It's the only system they got. We didn't make up the system. They made it up. And they've known for 36 years that it doesn't work. And that's their fallback position, is the system that we gave you to protect you from vaccine injury is so broken and so unreliable that it can't be used for any purpose. Well, the 1986 Act, Congress ordered HHS and the industry to create a working surveillance system that would allow us to be able to calculate and estimate accurately vaccine injuries and death. So for 36 years, they've been breaking the law. And in 2010, they finally said, oh, okay, we'll design a system that works, a surveillance system. Well, they created a machine counting system that captures about 90% of vaccine injuries and deaths. And the study, I'm gonna quote you studies because I know this has never happened to you before because you've been listening to CNN and, and HHS. So you're not used to hearing about scientific studies, but science actually is determined by doing studies formally before we appointed one man to be the science. in 2010 that they were going to roll out to all the HMOs. They studied one HMO, which is the Harvard Pilgrim, which is up in New England. They were Harvard scientists. They spent millions of dollars. They studied the system for three years, and they had a pilot system that they designed that would capture all the vaccine injuries. At the end, the study, which is called the Lazarus Study 2010, they came back and said, we designed a system that works like a charm. It picks up most vaccine injuries. And guess what we found? There, when we compared it to theirs, we found that theirs is missing more than 99%, not 99%, more than 99% of vaccine injuries. What did CDC do? They looked at that. And that study said that one out of every 39 people who got vaccinated with any vaccine on average were suffering an injury. CDC was telling the American public it was one in a million. They were lying. Yeah. And so what was their solution? enough to know that
that they're going to be smart enough to actually do their research and change their mind. They don't need the paycheck from karma. We get the paycheck from being humans. The paycheck is having a good heart and having connection and humanity. Because that's good for your immune health. We're not going to judge anyone. We're here in love and unity because the pandemic is ending and we are never going to let happen to humanity again. The heroes of the pandemic were canceled. We will never allow mandates on humanity again. And we made a vow. History does not repeat itself. History is a poem that rhymes with itself. And I hear those evil heel clicks of history. That is a poem, a mandate we need to erase. That is a poem and a piece of history we will not repeat. Natural immunity is the best, the broadest, the longest lasting. Take care of your body. Sleep. Don't eat the junk of the big food systems. Get your vitamin D, your vitamin D, your vitamin D. America. The pandemic is ending. You are on the right side of history, as I said. It is beautiful to be with people today that are awake and not woke. Thank you very much. Look to your left, look to your right, look in front of you and look behind you, my friends. You are not alone. Last August, I challenged the University of California's vaccine mandate in federal court. Three months later, the University of California fired me, where I had spent my entire career as a professor in the School of Medicine and director of the medical ethics program. But I'm not backing down. I continue to fight because there's a human right not enshrined in any constitution, and that is the right to truth. And no right has been more systematically trammeled in the last two years than this one. Our ruling class has seen in COVID an opportunity to revolutionize society. Recall, for example, how the phrase, the new normal, emerged almost immediately in the very few first weeks of the pandemic. The specter of asymptomatic spread, which never had any scientific basis, turned every fellow citizen into a potential threat to my existence. It would be hard to devise a better method to destroy the fabric of society and to divide us. We can't let this happen. We're done with this. People who are afraid of everyone, who are locked down, who are isolated for months or years behind screens are easier to control. A society grounded in social distancing is a contradiction. It's a kind of anti-society. The pandemic was then used as a pretext for expanding state powers beyond all previous limits. The threshold for what counts as a public health emergency was deliberately never de defined. So this state of emergency continues indefinitely with no end in sight. With vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, we're seeing the emergence of what I call a biosecurity surveillance regime. The welding of digital technologies, public health, 
and police power are leading to unprecedented invasions on our privacy and intrusive methods of control. Now keep in mind that this pretext of public health and public safety historically has been used to pave the way even for totalitarian regimes. It's a cautionary tale from Germany, given the fact that Nazi Germany was governed for virtually the entirety of its existence under Article 48 of the Weimar Constitution, which allowed for suspension of German laws during times of emergency. Recall also the name of the group that in carried out the infamous reign of terror during the French Revolution. It was called the Committee on Public Safety. As the great Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn lamented, if only we had stood together against the common threat, we could have easily defeated it. So why didn't we? We didn't love freedom enough. We hurried to submit. We submitted with pleasure. We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterwards. We will not go down that same path, my friends. That's why we're here. We will stand together. We will resist together, peacefully and nonviolently, but with steadfast courage and without compromising, without giving another inch. God bless you all. Thank you. They shut down that study. They stopped the rollout. They put it on a shelf and they've been keeping it there for 11 years. And now the system that they knew was broken 11 years ago, they knew only counted 1% of vaccine injury 11 years ago. Now they're telling you it, it is overestimating vaccine injuries. Those 20,000 people didn't really die of the vaccine. Those 100,000 people weren't really injured. Well, there are a lot of studies that show that theirs doesn't work. I can see that. There's not one scientific study that shows that it overcounts vaccine injury. Every study shows it undercounts them by 50%, 80%, If somebody tells you from the press Theirs can't be counted on because it overestimates vaccine injury and say, show me this study. They cannot. There is no study that does that. Now I want to make my last point was the point that brought us all together. We are all from different political orientations, from different political parties, from different assumptions and backgrounds, from different races and creeds and colors. We are here for one reason. We love the United States of America. Our history, we love our neighbors, we love our communities. We love God! 
We love our values. We love God. We love all kinds of versions of God. We, but most of all, and we love our Purple Mountains majesty. The landscapes that form the basis for this country. Most of all, it means we love the United States Constitution. We have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, the controlled demolition of the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And starting with the censorship. And James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. If you, if you give government the license to silence its critics, you have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights of the Constitution. So as soon as they got rid of freedom of speech, they went after freedom of religion. They closed every church in this country for a year with no regulatory process, no public hearing, no demonstration of science, no scientific citation to show that it was going to do any good. They kept the liquor stores open as essential businesses. But I remind you that liquor stores are not mentioned in the United States Constitution, and churches are. They took away our property rights. They closed a million businesses with no due process, no just compensation. They took away jury trials. The Seventh Amendment says, no American shall be deprived of a right to a trial before a jury of his peers in cases or controversies that exceed $25 in value. There is nothing else. That's all it says. There's no pandemic exception. There's no war exception. There's no any exception. And yet they have passed, I won't even say a rule, because there was no rulemaking. It's the policy. And you cannot sue any company, any of these large multinational corporations that claim to be involved in countermeasures. No matter how reckless their behavior, no matter how negligent their conduct, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue that company. They have a license. To, these are criminal companies, by the way. These are serial felons. The four companies that make all of our U.S. vaccines for the children's program, Pfizer, Glaxo, uh, Sanofi, and Merck, have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties for hundreds of violations and damages in the last 10 years. These are the companies that gave us the opioid crisis. 
It kills 56,000 children a year. More American kids every year than the Vietnam War killed in 20 years. These are not good citizens. These are criminal enterprises. And now you're taking away any economic or legal incentive for them to behave? What do you think they're gonna do? You think they found Jesus suddenly? And they're gonna take care of us and our children and they're suddenly concerned with public health? No. They took away due process rulemaking. They've taken away our right to be free of warrantless searches and seizures for this very intrusive track and trace surveillance, etc. Oh, we are watching something now that I never believed that I would see in my lifetime. And I read in Orwell and Kafka and Aldous Huxley this, this dystopian science fiction novels that one day the United States would be overtaken by fascism. Fascism, incidentally, is defined, Mussolini defined it as a merger of state and corporate power. And orchestrated by Tony Fauci. mechanisms for control that we've never seen before. It's been the ambition of every totalitarian state from the beginning of mankind to control every aspect of behavior, of conduct, of thought, and to obliterate dissent. None of them have been able to do it. They didn't Bravio, 
They don't even care about our health either. And other politicians don't care about our health either. Right? So, you know, everyone here, we have a lot of people here. Thank you guys so much for being here. So, I want everyone here. First, can you guys look to the left? Right? And now look to the right. Now, you see those people, right? These are the people who will be fighting with you through this journey. And sooner or later, we're going to stop this and we're going to take back our America. Because every single person here is helping to make a difference. People all over the world are also fighting with us. So again, thank you to everyone who's here today. And thank you for taking your time to listen to my speech. And also a huge thanks to Louis Clary and Madison for giving me this opportunity speak up here and thanks to all the other organizers of this event and sponsors of this event, especially Amy and Stephanie from Children's Health Defense. And remember, we will never comply. Those neighbors are so sad they couldn't treat us like we're actually batted. to make these claims that you are making. In 2017, you met with President Trump and you said he was going to appoint you head of a commission about vaccines. That didn't happen. Why is that? My assumption is, and, I, and my assumption is based on empirical observation, because I can't look into President Trump's head that the industry at that point got to him. And, you know, Pfizer immediately after that meeting with me, Pfizer made a million dollar contribution to President Trump's inauguration. He then took people who were vaccine lobbyists, appointed them to the highest positions at CDC and HHS, and we were cut off. You have supported an organization that put a lot of ads on Facebook supporting your position, and now Facebook has banned those ads. Do you think that Facebook is censoring you? Of course they are. Facebook, all of the big tech is censoring any information about vaccine. That's why you can come up here and say I'm anti-vaccine because I cannot, I, I there's no form. Well, you're partly anti-vaccine. No, I'm not. I'm against vaccine. I'm, I'm for vaccines, but I'm for safe vaccines. What's a safe vaccine? Listen, a safe vaccine is a vaccine that has been tested against a placebo or against, or against a unvaccinated group and that with that vaccine where we can see from science that vaccine is averting more harm than it's causing and that's all we want and if you show me that study Andy I will quit my job at the CHD I will post that study on our website and I will leave right now not one of the 72 vaccines that is now mandated for our children has ever been safety tested but how, that, how is that possible do you really believe robert that of all the 72 vaccines that you say are out there that they're all unsafe is that really 
It doesn't I, seem logical. I don't think anybody can say that they're safe because okay. they've never been they've never been safety tested, and the reason they're not safety tested, the reason they have an exemption, every other medicine is tested against a placebo, usually for five years in double blind tests, which means you give. And the thing that's interesting about this is on foreign policy, he's going to be able to outflank Trump a little bit, I think, because Trump has been very good, we have to say, when he says, what the heck is wrong? Why can't we get along with Russia? Why are we in this war? You know, he's good on that. But I think uh, RFK Jr. articulates a much more cohesive idea, and he blasts the neocons, which we love. Let's put this next one up. This is a tweet of his from just a couple of days ago and this I mean this basically sums up everything that we've been talking about for a couple of years he says and this is long if you'll indulge me Dr. Paul he says the collapse of US influence over Saudi Arabia and the kingdom's new alliances with China and Iran are painful emblems of the abject failure of the neocon strategy of maintaining US global hegemony with aggressive projections of military power China has displaced the American Empire by deftly projecting instead economic power. And this is great. He says, over the past decade, our country has spent trillions bombing roads, ports, bridges, and airports. China spent the equivalent building the same across <laughs> the developing world. And that is just, that sounds like, you know, what you said over and over. We bomb them, they build it. But this last part I really like. The Ukraine war is the final collapse of the neocons short-lived American century. The neocon projects in Iraq and Ukraine have cost $8.1 trillion, hollowed out our middle class, made us a laughing stock, made a laughing stock of US military power and moral authority, pushed China and Russia into an invincible alliance, destroyed the dollar as a global currency, cost millions of lives, and done nothing to advance democracy or win friendships and influence. A long statement, but he pretty much put it all there. You can understand why the establishment's yeah. not anxious to see him be successful. You're standing, you're in this audience, you're standing on a Bible or you're standing on the Constitution and the other group is standing on air or something they can rewrite every other week and you think you're going to find common ground with them? You think you can build sustainable society with them? It cannot be done and we're about to see it in real time with Robert Kennedy. He's going to be completely annihilated and destroyed by the Democrats because they hate, they would hate John Kennedy today. They would hate Bobby Kennedy today. Those guys wouldn't be considered Democrats. If the, the John Kennedy, in one of his greatest speech, asked not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. You can't say that as a Democrat. Everything the Democrats now is about being a victim. Ask how your country has exploited and oppressed you and ask them for what reparations you're owed. That's what Democrats and leftists do today. What does America owe me and how can I get it?
remember, it's okay to question the world around you, but you probably won't find the answers you're looking for. Bye! There's magic and wonders and mysteries.